Welcome to Voice for Choice podcast, the podcast that focuses on China issues with special attention to the Central and Eastern European perspective. I'm your host, Karanya Mečkova. Joining me today will be Marcin Jezevsky, head of Taiwan office of the European Value Center for Security Policy and a research fellow at Taiwan NextGen Foundation. He will share with us his insights and analysis on the upcoming presidential election in Taiwan, which is scheduled to be held on January 13, 2024. Hello and welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. I look forward to our conversation. The presidential election in Taiwan is widely seen as a crucial and contentious one as it will determine the future direction of Taiwan's relations with China, the United States and the rest of the world. The candidates have different views and policies on how to deal with China. They also have different plans to improve Taiwan's economy and social welfare, which have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic and other challenges. And today we will discuss the main factors and issues that will influence the voters' choice in this election, Beijing's electoral interference, as well as the potential impact of the elections on the island's relations with the Central and Eastern European countries. Um, how would you describe the current political climate in Taiwan leading up to the upcoming elections? Since Taiwan began its transition to democracy about uh, three decades ago, it developed a very vibrant political system and uh, campaigns ahead of uh, Taiwan's free and open elections are just as vibrant themselves. So it's really exciting to uh, be in Taiwan ahead of uh, the vote as it feels a little bit like a, a carnival. The campaigns are um, very colorful and loud and electoral rallies ahead of the vote attract uh, various people who come out en masse to show support to their uh, preferred candidates. And I think that what adds to this atmosphere of excitement ahead of the 2024 presidential and legislative election is the fact that it is a very close race. It is not the first time in the recent uh, political history of Taiwan that uh, we see a three-way race. Uh, for example, in the year 2000, it was a split in the uh, Guomindang uh, that led to a three-way race and uh, lended additional support to Chen Shui-bian, a candidate of the Democratic Progressive Party, uh, who uh, became the first uh, Taiwanese president uh, that didn't come from uh, the Guomindang. Uh, however, um, right now, the race is uh, extremely close. There are uh, three uh, candidates Lai Qingde of the uh, incumbent Democratic Progressive Party, Hou Yu Yi, uh, the sitting mayor of New Taipei City of the Guomindang, and Cohen Zhe, a former mayor of Taipei City and uh, founder and leader of Taiwan People's Party. Ten days prior to the elections, uh, it becomes uh, illegal to publish and discuss polls. Um, the objective behind this rule is to uh, prevent uh, interference and in electoral choices of um, the Taiwanese population. However, uh, we can reflect upon the results of polls from um, a few days ago. All of them show that Lai Qingde is leading. Uh, however, in most of them, Lai's lead is less than uh, five percentage points. This is very different than the situation that we observed in 2016 and in 2020, when uh, President Tsai led the final polls by large margins often by more than uh, 20 points. Of course, in democracy, we never really know who the winner is until all the votes are counted. Uh, however, 
four and eight years ago, uh, we were able to go into election day uh, feeling fairly confident about who would win. Right now, the uncertainty is uh, much greater. Polls suggest that Lai is likely to win, but it is not set in stone. Uh, additionally, uh, ma while majority of polls suggest that uh, Hou Yoyi of the Guomindang has a lead over Kewenche, uh, it is not a sure thing either. So uh, Saturday, um, January 13th, is definitely going to be a very exciting day. Uh, not only for people in Taiwan, but uh, anyone who cares about the uh, future direction of democracy globally. In the West, uh, Taiwan's elections are often viewed through the lens of cross-strait relations and the risk of potential conflict. However, for many Taiwanese voters, domestic issues that impact their daily lives are more important and pressing. What are the primary domestic issues that have shaped the discourse in the current election campaign and will decide the, this election? I need to emphasize that in Taiwan, the future of the island's relations uh, with China constitutes one of the main political cleavages. Um, this, cleavage, this cleavage is also uh, further amplified by different uh, perception of uh, identity and different uh, sense of uh, ethnic background of uh, voters in Taiwan. Uh, while since the uh, early 1990s, we have seen a clear trend of consolidation of Taiwanese identity, which is distinct from uh, a Chinese identity. There are people in Taiwan who identify as Taiwanese. There are people who identify as Chinese. There are people who identify as Chinese and Taiwanese. And uh, this uh, sense of ethnic identity often colors uh, their uh, electoral preferences and uh, shapes their electoral behavior. However, you are absolutely right to point out that day-to-day um, -day, uh, bread and butter issues play a very important role in this election. Uh, a lot of uh, voters, and particularly young people, are tired of the ongoing uh, competition between uh, two main parties and are looking to for alternatives that could address their concerns, such as relatively low wages, high housing prices, energy security, and uh, an aging population. Um, let's uh, delve into uh, each of these uh, really quickly. Even though uh, Taiwan is often described as an um, economic success story, uh, particularly in, in the second half of the uh, 20th century, Taiwan uh, came to be described as one of the um, four Asian tigers. Uh, its economic development was uh, fast and uh, lifted many people out of poverty. Uh, Taiwan, in terms of income distribution, re remains a relatively uh, unequal society. And uh, low wages, which uh, do not keep up with uh, inflation, are a concern uh, particularly uh, for young people. And um, it is important to point out that Taiwan doesn't really have a very strong uh, political left. Uh, of course, uh, there are more parties in Taiwan than just the DPP and the KMT and uh, the increasingly strong uh, Taiwan People's Party uh, funded by Kawencha. In the upcoming parliamentary elections, as many as 16 parties are competing for seats in the legislature. However, under Taiwan's mixed electoral system, it is difficult for smaller parties to uh, gain representation in the unicameral legislature. 
So while some parties uh, advocate for policies that we would normally ascribe to the political left, um, here I'm thinking of entities such as the Green Party or the Social Democrat Party, uh, their uh, representation at either local or national level um, is uh, quite weak. Both uh, the Democratic Progressive Party and uh, the Guomindang uh, have shown willingness to uh, expand uh, welfare protection to uh, a certain extent. There is a relatively strong uh, social democrat faction uh, within the Democratic Progressive Party, and uh, we should not lose sight of the fact that the, one of the uh, greatest policy achievements in terms of welfare uh, uh, put forward by the Guomindang was the uh, national health insurance system uh, praised internationally for its uh, broad coverage and uh, great access to services. Um, at the same time, uh, both uh, the DPP and the KMT uh, seek to maintain uh, positive relations with the business sector, which often dilutes uh, their policies uh, on labor and welfare expansionism. When it comes to high housing prices, we see uh, very uh, clear plans from both uh, the Democratic Progressive Party and uh, the Guomindang on uh, seeking to improve uh, the situation in terms of access to housing. The issue of uh, low affordability of housing is uh, particularly uh, challenging for residents of northern Taiwan and uh, many young people from uh, all over the island uh, come to uh, Taipei and the metropolitan area uh, for better educational and job opportunities. However, they are often uh, priced out of the local real estate market, uh, which means that they have to uh, dedicate additional resources, both in terms of time and money, to uh, long commutes. Therefore, Koyoi uh, of the Guomindang is proposing uh, policies such as subsidies for um, first-time home buyers and um, government subsidies uh, for uh, mortgage repayments. When it comes to energy security, this is also uh, an extremely important issue for Taiwan. In the context of cross-strait relations, security and defense analysts are increasingly uh, pointing to a possible blockade of Taiwan as, uh, as the next step which the PRC might take as it escalates its actions uh, towards uh, the sovereign island nation. This is why uh, ensuring a, a stable energy supply is a, a critical challenge for Taiwan. On top of that, there are also considerations related to climate change and Taiwan's commitments to uh, the global fight against uh, the climate crisis. The DPP has historically uh, held a very strong stance against uh, nuclear energy, and uh, its candidate in these elections, Lai Ching-de, is also in favor of uh, shutting down the existing nuclear reactors. The Guomindang represents uh, a completely opposite stance, advocating for um, maintaining uh, nuclear energy as one of the main sources of uh, power in Taiwan's uh, energy mix. At the same time, um, the Guomindang uh, in this election shows that it uh, departed from its original policy of um, uh, looking down on uh, re renewables and identifies um, a role for uh, renewable energy sources in um, Taiwan's energy mix. 
overall, uh, Lai Qingde is uh, very likely to uh, continue the DPP government's uh, socio-economic policy. One of his uh, flagship policy manifestos ahead of this election is the National Project of Hope. Uh, in which he details his commitment to implementing policies that uh, not only address uh, social justice, but also advance technology, finance, uh, communication, uh, solutions to Taiwan's aging society. Uh, however, uh, I believe that in many ways, the Democratic Progressive Party has uh, not realized uh, the full extent of uh, its uh, neglect of uh, inclusive social uh, policy to date. And uh, particularly uh, among young voters, uh, the party may um, uh, pay the price in just a few days when uh, voters go to the polls. As you mentioned, uh, many of these issues are very dear to the young electorate. Um, if we define them as under 39, they represent about a third of the eligible voters in the island. So do you think they can become the decisive force of this election? They will decide this election? Voters under the age of uh, 40 really care strongly about uh, domestic issues that we just talked about. We see from uh, studies and uh, opinion polls that uh, they are uh, really concerned about their ability to boost their income, uh, being able to afford a home. And also, uh, with regard to cross-strait relations, uh, they worry about a war breaking out in the Taiwan Strait. However, young people don't have it easy when it comes to voting in Taiwan. In political science, we often uh, describe elections as one of the most costly forms of uh, political participation. In Taiwan, however, the costliness of participating in elections, particularly for young people, has a very literal dimension. In Taiwan, there are no provisions whatsoever for absentee voting. Uh, Taiwanese citizens living overseas cannot cast their votes at uh, Taipei Economic and Cultural Offices, but even those who still uh, live uh, in Taiwan uh, have to return to where they hold their household registration to cast their votes. And as I already briefly mentioned, a lot of young people travel to northern Taiwan in pursuit of better education and job opportunities. This means that going back home to vote is a journey. Many young people who are uh, fresh college graduates and uh, just uh, starting their entry-level jobs earn about uh, 30,000 new Taiwan dollars per month. Imagine that someone who lives in Taipei and has their household registration in the southern county of Pingdong needs to go back home to vote. A high-speed rail ticket from uh, Taipei to Zhuoying is almost uh, 1,500 new Taiwan dollars. Then there is additional transportation cost to the particular village in Pingdong where they come from. So um, easily the cost of going home to vote might exceed 15% of their total monthly income. Of course, uh, there is uh, a lot of efforts, uh, mainly by uh, non-governmental organizations and uh, bottom-up initiatives to alleviate the cost of uh, political participation, and particularly elect electoral participation uh, for young people. For example, the uh, Taiwan Youth Association for Democracy, uh, once again this year, is organizing a subsidy program uh, where uh, 
they offer heavily discounted bus fares and even air fares for those who live in the outlying islands, um, encouraging uh, young people to uh, go and vote. While we define uh, young voters as those um, under 40, I think that it's uh, really exciting that in this upcoming election in 2024, um, there are over 1 million first-time voters aged uh, 20 to 23, and they account for almost 6% of the total vo voter population of 19.5 million. Young people in Taiwan are a very interesting demographic, especially uh, these youngest first-time voters are so-called natural-born Democrats. They uh, do not remember the brutal period of suppression of social and political rights of inhabitants of Taiwan, and uh, they are accustomed to living in Taiwan, which is a place increasingly famous for its uh, political climate, which is free, uh, open, and uh, democratic. And I think that it is um, extremely important that initiatives such as the subsidy program of uh, TYAD uh, receive broad support so that um, these uh, young people are really encouraged uh, to take advantage of uh, their right to vote because uh, the structural issues can uh, in Taiwan can easily be uh, equated to um, disenfranchisement. I think that uh, it's really interesting to notice that many young people are strong supporters of Taiwan People's Party, uh, a relative newcomer to the uh, Taiwan political scene. It's perhaps uh, not a big surprise. Uh, when Ke Wenzhe started his uh, political career in 2014 with a bid for um, the mayoral seat in uh, Taipei City, the capital of Taiwan, he enjoyed great support of uh, youth voters and his appeal to uh, young voters was uh, very clear when we look at the uh, language of uh, his uh, political campaigns. Uh, many young Taiwanese people will very quickly recognize a famous uh, rap video where he calls on uh, fellow politicians to do the right thing and do things right. So, uh, Ke's distinct charisma is uh, very attractive uh, to young people and uh, definitely draws them to uh, Taiwan, uh, Taiwan's People's Party. But I think that uh, the story of uh, Taiwan People's Party's uh, popularity among the youngest segment of the electorate encapsulates the story of uh, Taiwan's democratization. In Contemporary Taiwan, the difficult uh, conversation about uh, identity and uh, boundaries between Chineseness and uh, Taiwaneseness is still valid. But for young people, uh, those natural-born Democrats, it is increasingly clear that um, they are undoubtedly and uh, proudly Taiwanese. Therefore, the traditional cleavage in Taiwanese politics related to ethnicity and related to people's outlook on the future of relations with China is becoming increasingly obsolete among young people who are hoping to see Taiwan become a Zhenchangguo, a normal country where bread and butter issues such as low wages, access to housing, energy policy and solutions to dealing with aging population are uh, the main issues that uh, define distinctions between different political parties' platforms. 
while these traditional cleavages might be obsolete for young people, let's still delve a little bit into the different positions of the candidates on cross-strait relations and on the identity uh, question and the island's international status. Because to a certain extent, uh, this election will reflect, uh, as any uh, Taiwanese elections, how the Taiwanese people view their national identity and the question of sovereignty. Can you briefly walk us through the different positions of the candidates and their um, electoral campaigns on these issues? The Democratic Progressive Party is occasionally described as the pro-independence party on the Taiwanese political scene. At the same time, many describe the Kuomintang as the pro-China party. However, I think that uh, the reality is more complicated. Public opinion polls... Uh, particularly the studies carried out by the Election Studies Center at the National Jiangzhou University since the early 90s, um, show us um, very clear trends in terms of uh, Taiwanese people's core political attitudes. And one of these core political attitudes is Taiwanese people's outlook on the future of the island's relations uh, with China. And Taiwanese voters are overwhelmingly supportive of maintaining the status quo. And the DPP, as well as the KMT, are the parties of the status quo. Uh, there are other fringe parties uh, in Taiwanese politics that are explicitly uh, pro-independence. There are some which are explicitly pro-unification, but uh, that is not a correct descriptor for either the DPP and the KMT. However, these two major parties in uh, Taiwanese politics have a different understanding of what maintaining the status quo really means for Taiwan. The uh, Democratic Progressive Party uh, believes that uh, Taiwan is uh, already uh, de facto sovereign, that there is no need to formally uh, declare independence. But in order to safeguard its international status, uh, the Democratic Progressive Party pushes for greater diversification of Taiwan's uh, international and economic relations. We see it in policies such as President Tsai Ing-wen's flagship foreign policy initiative, uh, the New Southbound Policy, directed at 18 target countries in South, uh, Southeast Asia and uh, Australia and New Zealand. The New Southbound Policy is aimed at strengthening economic and people-to-people -people relations uh, between Taiwan and uh, its immediate neighborhood. Also uh, presenting Taiwanese entrepreneurs with opportunities to take their capital elsewhere than China. Additionally, the Democratic Progressive Party advocates for maintaining strong relations between Taiwan and its uh, more traditional allies, specifically the United States and Japan. At the same time, uh, the Guomindang believes that Taiwan could benefit from uh, normalization in cross-strait relations. The Guomindang believes that uh, there are opportunities uh, for Taiwan and its people in re-establishing dialogue with the other side of the strait. Uh, these opportunities are often focused on um, possibilities of enhancing economic interactions uh, between both sides. Kawanje and his uh, Taiwan People's Party stand somewhere in between. On the one hand, uh, Kawanje has uh, said that uh, people on both sides of the strait belong to one family, Liangan and Jiaqin, um, displaying a sentiment which is very distinct from uh, DPP's more assertive uh, position on, Ch on China, 
but also deviating from uh, the KMT's somewhat more benign view uh, of Beijing. It ought to be borne in mind that even though Koenje uh, to date has only served in local government, he has experience in engaging in cross-trade exchanges. Uh, for example, he uh, maintained regular exchanges between uh, his uh, Taipei city government and uh, Shanghai. That's why uh, he is trying to paint the picture of uh, himself and his party being pragmatic on uh, cross-street issues, engaging uh, where there are possibilities and uh, withholding engagement where necessary. One of the major challenges facing Taiwan in its upcoming election is the threat of disinformation and propaganda from China, which aims to influence public opinion and undermine democracy in Taiwan. Can you provide some specific examples of disinformation campaigns that have targeted Taiwan in the lead up to the elections? And how are these being addressed by authorities and the candidates? Definitely. I think that the primary objective of uh, Chinese interference in the Taiwanese information space is to undermine the legitimacy of Taiwanese uh, democratic institutions and also uh, lowering the trust that Taiwanese people have in uh, Taiwan's uh, special partnership with the United States. So uh, analyzing disinformation uh, uh, linked to um, the upcoming elections, we can see that there are a lot of campaigns uh, that emerged that are linked to uh, the possibility of uh, a cross-strait conflict. And here I would like to uh, give a shout out to uh, an amazing organization that uh, tracks disinformation campaigns uh, religiously. It's the Taiwan Fact Check Center, um, established all the way back in 2018. The Taiwan Fact Check Center uh, publishes regular newsletters, also in English. So anyone interested in how uh, Taiwan is affected by disinformation campaigns um, should definitely engage with their work. So um, disinformation uh, campaigns, uh, which are attributed to uh, China and China-backed actors, uh, try to... Uh, clearly frame the upcoming elections as a choice uh, between war and peace, painting the Democratic Progressive Party as um, warmongers. So um, some of the uh, uh, fake reports claim that the Taiwanese government has started drafting civilians, even older ones, in preparation for war. This uh, type of uh, disinformation uh, narratives uh, surrounding a possibility of a cross-trade conflict and an alleged ongoing draft uh, started to uh, surge last year amid a growing public calls in Taiwan for better civil defense preparations. And also, as Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense was proposing an amendment to the All-Out Defense Mobilization Readiness Act. So uh, this uh, draft amendment would uh, uh, allow the government to plan how to best uh, mobilize civilians, including members of the alternate uh, military service, to ensure that Taiwan is well prepared in peacetime and has adequate resources in the event of national emergency. Some of the disinformation narratives uh, also fuel uh, anti-American sentiments, portraying the United States as a country that is not only incapable of protecting Taiwan, but also causing chaos in the international sphere. And uh, 
an entity which is uh, even capable of sacrificing Taiwan's safety if necessary for its own interest. Additionally, there are efforts to discredit uh, politicians, primarily those uh, affiliated with the Penn Green Camp and the Democratic Progressive Party. Um, some of uh, these politicians have been um, victims of uh, deepfakes. And here, one concrete example is legislator uh, Luo Zhizheng, uh, who is currently uh, competing for a re-election in Banqiao, an electoral district in New Taipei City, an up-and-coming suburb of Taipei. Uh, there was a, a pornographic video which uh, Luo Zhizheng claimed was uh, a deep fake uh, developed by China to discredit him. Uh, the legislator uh, pledged legal action uh, against those who um, spread this content. And uh, what is really interesting is that um, after this um, alleged uh, deepfake video surfaced in Taiwan, um, the spokesperson of the Taiwan Affairs Office of the State Council, uh, Chen Binhua, uh, directly uh, referred to this manner, accusing uh, the DPP of organizing a smear campaign against China. How could the different electoral outcomes influence the island's relations with the EU, and in particular with the Central and Eastern European countries that have pursued closer ties with Taiwan? Particularly since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have seen an unprecedented opening in relations between Taiwan and Europe and Central and Eastern European countries in particular. Uh, many in uh, Europe and in Taiwan became extremely excited about this uh, previously unseen level of uh, political openness towards deepening uh, economic, uh, cultural, scientific, and sometimes even uh, political exchanges um, with Taiwan. And uh, the Czech Republic and Lithuania clearly positioned themselves as early stalwarts of um, the, these uh, relations. Uh, that being said, Europe is not a major topic in the ongoing electoral campaign. What needs to be uh, noticed is that uh, Lai Qingde of the DPP uh, has been uh, the only candidate uh, who uh, mentioned the situation in Ukraine as a part of his uh, policy platform. So in his campaign, uh, Lai has advocated very clearly for the continuation of uh, Taiwan's support for Ukraine amid the ongoing um, full-scale invasion. Also, when it comes to Lai and his vision for uh, Taiwan's foreign policy, um, we can see that uh, he and his running mate, Xiaobi uh, Kim, uh, formerly Taiwan's de facto ambassador in uh, Washington, D.C., are very likely to continue the policies of uh, President Tsai. I think that, um, in a way, uh, choosing Xiaobi uh, Kim as William Lai's running mate was an effort by the DPP to, firstly, send a message of unity, uh, given that Lai and Xiao come from different factions uh, within the Democratic Progressive Party, but secondly, also send a message to the global community that uh, Lai is a, a reliable stakeholder in, uh, and a sound politician uh, who would not uh, attempt to further disrupt uh, the very volatile uh, relations in uh, the Taiwan Strait. Previously, uh, when serving as um, the mayor of uh, Tainan, a city in southern Taiwan, 
Lai described himself as a pragmatic worker for um, Taiwanese independence, which um, naturally uh, continues to uh, raise eyebrows of uh, politicians uh, around the world. But then um, Xiao, who uh, really uh, uh, proved herself as a highly skilled uh, but moderate diplomat, uh, is uh, the international face of the uh, DPP uh, ticket. At the same time, uh, the Guomindang uh, also uh, pledges that it is uh, interested in maintaining positive relations with uh, Taiwan's international partners, including uh, those in, in Europe. We don't really know much about uh, Taiwan People's Party's stance on uh, the future of uh, relations between uh, Taiwan and Europe. However, uh, we can also uh, try to uh, extrapolate on our predictions uh, for cross-strait uh, relations uh, following uh, either scenario, either a TPP victory um, or the KMT victory. I'm not going to discuss a possible TPP victory because uh, based on the most recent available polling data, uh, continues to poll third. So... Um, in case of a DPP victory, um, uh, cross-strait tensions uh, will remain high. And I think that, uh, in a way, also with the upcoming uh, 2024 European Parliament elections, it might be a strong signal to Brussels that European engagement in the Indo-Pacific and in the Taiwan Strait specifically uh, is needed. At the same time, um, if uh, the KMT uh, comes to power, it is possible that a cross-strait dialogue at high level will be reopened, at least in the short term. And I believe that, uh, again, in the short term, it could uh, divert Europe's attention away uh, from the Taiwan Strait, considering other ongoing conflicts, the Russian full-scale invasion of uh, Ukraine and uh, the war between Israel and, and Hamas. So uh, these are, of course, only uh, assumptions. Uh, we are uh, reading tea leaves uh, to some extent here. And um, I also want to be uh, careful about uh, uh, making uh, predictions that suggest that a KMT victory would bring greater st stability to cross-strait relations. I think that this uh, is uh, an overly simplistic explanation of uh, the very difficult uh, cross-strait dynamics over the last eight years, uh, not only did Taiwan change, but so did China. Um, Xi Jinping uh, consolidated his uh, grip on power, uh, effectively uh, becoming a president for life. That uh, definitely uh, also allowed him to uh, increase uh, his uh, belligerence vis-a-vis uh, -vis Taiwan, but also anyone in the international uh, community whose uh, vision for the global order doesn't align uh, with his own. And therefore, I believe that uh, irrespective of the outcome, uh, we will continue to see uh, Chinese efforts at uh, expanding its influence um, over Taiwan. And I think that this should only add uh, to the urgency of uh, increasing uh, exchanges between uh, the European Union and Taiwan. I hope that uh, in Europe, Central and Eastern European countries, which uh, are increasingly uh, gaining experience in productive engagement uh, with Taiwan within the confines of their respective One China policies, uh, will able to amplify their voices in Brussels and 
uh, move the European Union uh, towards a more uh, consistent but also uh, proactive policy on Taiwan. Thank you for joining us today, Martin. Thank you for having me on the show. This was Voice for Choice. If you would like to know more about our work, please do visit our website at chinaobservers.eu. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We hope you'll make the right choice and tune in for the next episode of Voice for Choice.